you're invited to the healthcare cookout. Welcome back to Healthcare Cookout. I'm your host, Stephanie. Here on Healthcare Cookout, we explore what it means to be a minority healthcare professional and hear from people in different professions about what they do and how they got there. This week, I have the pleasure of learning from Dr. Daniela Olan, a Puerto Rican pharmacist. She and I discuss her journey to pharmacy, as well as the different specialties within the field of pharmacy. I actually had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Daniela Olan in an organic chemistry study group while in undergrad. So, without further ado, Dr. Daniela Olan. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to be here with Stephanie. Um, I am currently a first-year postdoctoral fellow at a pharmaceutical company called Sanofi. I am a pharmacist by background, graduated from Rutgers University from their pharmacy program in 2020. Yeah, I went to school with Stephanie. It was awesome. Um, we pushed through orgo and physics together. Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but as a pharmacist and a pharmacy student, I've had a lot of different experiences in different sections of uh, pharmacy. And I would definitely want to share with you guys like the different opportunities that you can have as a pharmacist, because I think it's something that many people don't know, because it definitely goes beyond that community CVS retail setting. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about awesome. me. Awesome. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're willing to share because that's exactly why I brought you here. Um, fun fact, my mom really, really wanted me to be a pharmacist, but mm. I like all I knew was like standing behind a CVS Walgreens and I was like, I cannot do this. Plus, I really don't like like chemistry. So I just feel like that didn't work out either. But <laughs> all right. So tell us what a pharmacist is and you have all of these different sections. Tell us a little bit about what pharmacy, the field of pharmacy is all about. Yeah, of course. OK, so pharmacy in the basic term is basically what you would learn in school is all about medications and how it affects the body. So it's a lot of understanding therapeutics. So yes, we do learn like uh, in medical school where you learn about how to diagnose a patient and how to understand the severity of someone's disease. We do learn that. Then um, probably not, definitely not as in-depth as uh, physicians, but what we do is we have that as our surface and then we go into the treatments in a very in-depth level. So we learn about the mechanisms of action. We learn about the, all of the contraindications, all of the side effects, um, all of the FDA indications, all of the off-label indications, anything about a drug, we learn about it. And then our favorite are drug interactions. And I mean, I'm being uh, sarcastic because there's no, but I mean, the, we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, in school, that's what you learn about. You also learn how to grow as a professional and talk to patients and counsel them, because as you probably know, in a place like CVS and that community setting, you're talking to patients a lot. They're asking you questions all the time about different products. So it's definitely important to understand how to talk to a patient in a way that they'll get it and also um, feel like they're not scared to approach you. Uh, pharmacists are known to be the easiest provider of healthcare to get to because of our setting being in that community, um, which I'm very proud of and I love that about pharmacy. But yeah, it definitely goes beyond the community setting. 
in pharmacy school, a lot of them prepare you for two different main routes, which would be that community setting. So that includes retail pharmacy, uh, hospital pharmacy, but then there's this second big portion that's called clinical pharmacy. So beyond just working at a hospital in the pharmacy department, just dispensing the medications, there's also clinical pharmacists who work directly with the healthcare team on the floors, rounding with them and uh, provide a lot of insight on the medication therapy management for different um, patients. So what's cool about it is they have general residencies, right? That would be after graduation. And then they have specialized residencies. So you'll see that as a pharmacist, you can be specialized in oncology. You can be specialized in emergency medicine, transplant, you name it, you can get specialized. In wow, it. did so, not know that. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. that is also another route that a lot of people take. Um, the residencies for pharmacists are up to two years, which is definitely a, a little bit different than physicians, right? Mm -hmm. Because physicians have a lot more years and they can even get fellowships after that. <laughs> Good times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a similar concept where you have to get matched and um, you learn a lot about how to round and things like that. So those are the two main buckets, but then there's a lot of other buckets that you can get wow. into that are non-traditional, um, which is where I'm currently reside, residing under. So the other, another bucket is called pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. So that's basically working under um, research and development. So what pharmacists can do is basically aid in any of that process, which starts from um, preclinical animal studies all the way to marketing the product in wow. like a business setting. Um, so what, yeah, that's another thing that pharmacists can do. So they can be a part of creating the drug. Um, you also see pharmacists doing something called consulting, which is kind of similar to the pharmaceutical industry, but it has a lot of like strategy related to it. And you basically aid um, other companies to show them how to have the most value in their products. And um, yeah, you basically help them with drug development. You can also work in long-term care facilities where you um, kind of work alongside the physicians and in, in long-term care facilities, you actually get to work even more um, with the physician because there's less people working together. So there's a lot of um, authority that a pharmacist gets in that opportunity. Um, another section is the government, um, which I've had a little bit of experience in. So pharmacists do really well in the Food and Drug Administration, which is the government body that basically accepts all of the and approves all of the drugs that go into the market that everyone can take. So their pharmacists actually are the ones that are reviewing these applications from pharmaceutical companies and are able to decide whether or not a drug gets approved in regards to safety and efficacy. Um, and in that government section, there's a lot of cool things that you can do. You can actually be a, a public health type of pharmacist. So they have something called the public health service. Have you heard of that? Because I know I that- I have it. Yeah, I'm in public okay. health school and I haven't heard of it. See, I'm learning uh, something new too. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So the public health service is 
it's open to all different healthcare providers, but pharmacists is one of them. Mm-hmm. And they would serve under this form of like a division of, uh, it's not the army, but it's one of those divisions. So there's like Navy, there's the army, mm-hmm. and then there's public health service. Wow. Um, so you would, you you do this and you basically can either work at the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration. You could work at the Indian Health Services, which is um, basically the Native American air groups, the mm-hmm. Indian Health, um, like I the guess. the 12 the, tribes. Yeah, the tribes. And you work with them in the clinics, which I've heard is a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, and you can work in like, you can work at jails too, which is something that's really unique. Um, honestly, I can keep going. Yeah, <laughs> like, I see that. Honestly, what, from what I'm hearing, there is a lot more to pharmacy than most of us have ever yeah. even like thought of. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if someone's interested in like, like even exploring pharmacy, like how do they get started? Like what do they have to do in undergrad and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So what you would want to do is first understand if you like science, just like if you're going to pick any other healthcare um, track, right? So I would suggest them picking an undergraduate program that gives you something like a biology degree or chemistry degree, something like that, mm-hmm. um, to prepare you to get into pharmacy school. So you can, there's two ways to get into pharmacy school. You can go directly from high school and apply to like a six year program, or there are pharmacy programs that you would apply to after undergrad. Like, so you would have your four year degree and then apply. Um, But yeah, I would say if you definitely think it's interesting uh, to learn about medications and to really understand how medications affect the body, and why people take specific drugs and you want to know like about preventative medicine on top of like diseases in the human body then I think pharmacy is a great track and just to add one more thing Mm -hmm. if you really like business as well I think pharmacy is awesome is like an awesome track because the pharmaceutical world is like business and clinical so it's a great way to get you in there and um yeah yeah I think like pharmacists are kind of trained to be very business minded, Mm -hmm. even though you might not think that just like thinking about it, but we are. So that's, that's another thing. If you like business, you'll, you might like pharmacy. It's definitely good to know. And like for yourself, like how did you decide pharmacy was what I want to do? I know it's so it was really, it was more simple than like I would want it to be. But basically, in high school, I took chemistry and I was like, oh, I love chemistry. This is fun. <laughs> and then my mom. Not many like, people have that reaction. So <laughs> I know. Right? No, it's funny. Yeah, it's not many. So my mom was like, well, if you like chemistry, I heard pharmacy is a good track. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. So I didn't really even think about it much. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a pharmacist because I like Aww. chemistry. <laughs> and then I, I took, I, my high school actually had organic chemistry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I took that and I really liked it too. Um, and I applied, but I only applied to two schools. So I applied to Rutgers and then I applied to Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. But I was like, honestly, pretty close minded with like where I wanted to go. I basically just wanted to go to Rutgers. Um, So I didn't get into the pharmacy program at Rutgers, but I did at Philly. 
And I just decided to go to Rutgers and um, see if I can transfer in later. Or like, I thought it would give me more opportunity because I didn't want to just commit to pharmacy right away. Um, I wanted to explore what else was out there. And I thought I still had that option. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wait, is the pharmacy school the same as the University of the Sciences, the one in Philadelphia? Yeah. That's literally where I went my freshman year of college. We would have been there together had you gotten, yeah, I transferred to Rutgers after sophomore year, but for another time. (laughs) Yeah, um, my sophomore year when I was taking organic chemistry with you guys, that was literally my first year at Rutgers. So it was definitely an adjustment curve for sure. So what advice if you had for anyone who's undergrad or postgrad who might be interested in doing pharmacy, like what is your advice for them? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say... One, if you're trying to get in, like you already know that you like pharmacy and you want to get in and you're an undergrad student, um, the best thing to do is try to get good grades. I'm honestly an advocate for getting really good grades because as someone who did not have any connections in the healthcare field, um, I had to start from the ground up building these connections. And um, internships are really important in the pharmacy track. Mm -hmm. So it, because it gets you that job afterwards, if you want to step out of the community pharmacy realm. So with that, I think the first step of getting an internship is getting good grades, because if you don't have the network, which is really what helps a lot of people get internships, then at least having good grades kind of shows them, oh, okay, this person is in a science degree, has really good grades, Um, is really passionate, uh, maybe I'll give them a chance. And that's what happened to me. (laughs) So like my first internship was actually with the pharmacy program. Um, It was a research internship. And I was thinking I was going to do like a PhD because I thought I wouldn't get into the pharmacy school at this point. So I was changing my track. Mm -hmm. And um, I did it and I've met so many pharmacists since it was through the school. And I, I regained that like passion for pharmacy the director of the program like pushed me to apply. She gave awesome. me a letter of recommendation. And from there, I I got in and, and the rest is history, I guess. That is amazing. Yeah. So that's definitely good advice. Definitely look out for inter- internships and finding those connections, especially I think as people of color, we often don't, we're not born with those connections. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody's uncle, country clubs, we don't have all of those yeah. oftentimes. <laughs> so especially when you go to big colleges, um, I'm sure you'd like maybe ask advisors and things like that to kind of look out for those. So that's definitely great advice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just want to say one thing though. Don't 100% listen to your advisors because, well, please tell me what I can do. And he was like, to be honest, you're going to have to pick another career because you're not going to get in. It's really rare. Um, only the people who drop out get in. So everyone can have 4.0s and you will not get in. And I was like, oh my god I'm a freshman I'm just listening to this guy I wasn't like trying to fight him he knows what he's doing so I listened to him and I was like okay now I gotta go for something else and it, it did delay my process so I say if you believe you want to do something have the you know confidence to know right. that you can do it and don't just listen to to an advisor or someone above you because they don't have all the answers it's just one opinion you have to do whatever your heart desires and what you think you can accomplish. 
Amen, girl, preach. Honestly, <laughs> I completely agree. I feel like their advisors are a tricky, tricky subject because some of them do have good advice, but oftentimes I feel like that is, especially in the healthcare field, like it, it's a very competitive field and there's no denying that. But I think at the same time, there are many people who are qualified to do what we do and they get deterred because uh, an advisor told them that they wouldn't make it and that was the end of their line. So just like Daniela said, have that confidence, keep pushing, keep doing what you have to do. And I also second getting good grades, like mm -hmm. regardless of what you wanna do, if you have the grades to do it, like nobody's gonna tell you no. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, so I wanna hear a little bit about our excellence if you wanna start talking about that. Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, I can start from zero, <laughs> so. That's what I like. Yeah, so basically I started this postdoctoral fellowship program after pharmacy school where I work at a pharmaceutical company, like I said. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it was virtual, obviously because of the pandemic. And something I really learned to appreciate was networking like we talked about like because I had no one and mm -hmm. then I build this network I really understand the value of it so I was like okay I need to make sure I create this network with the other 200 fellows in my program I can't just stay siloed because I'm, I'm virtual right so my idea was because I'm also passionate about um having representation of people of color in healthcare fields I wanted to network with people of color who were in the fellowship program. And to be honest, it wasn't a lot of them. It was like- Not surprising. Out of, yeah, out of 200, it's about 10 wow. to 15 of us. Yeah. So it was really easy to, to network <laughs> with that. So I set up a bunch of Zoom one-on-ones and um, they were all awesome. I love them. They're all my friends now and, and we keep in contact. But one specifically, her name is Inkiru. We were talking and uh, we talked about what our goals were at the end. And I mentioned, which is which was true, and it still is true, mm -hmm. um, is that I, at the end of my career, or at least at, to a point of where I can make big decisions, I'd like to instill an internship that's specifically only for people of color to instill like professional growth, career-driven mindset, and to expose them to this career that's really fruitful. Um, and I told her that and she's like, oh my God, I feel the same way. Actually, I'm actually like growing this organization. It's like really at the beginning stages. And I was like, oh my God, can I be a part of it? Like, can I help you grow this? So she sent me this proposal, this business proposal for mm -hmm. this organization. And then we went through it together. I added my spin to it so that it has my passions as well. And then boom, we have our excellence starting in August of 2020. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, our group is, it's a, an official nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to increase representation of people of color in non-traditional pharmacy roles. So our four pillars include career alliances, where we plan very soon to get mentors we want it to be more than just a mentor right we want an ally that's what right. we're saying ally. we want someone to advocate for these students to be there long term to help them get these opportunities to to be that guide to get you in right mm -hmm. so we want to recruit people for that so that we can create this like matching process and help create these allies two which is my favorite 
is um, outreach. So with outreach, what our goal is, we, we want to start young. So middle school, we want, and even if they're not interested in pharmacy, we want them to be interested in just the, or at least be exposed to the importance of having a career or what it can actually bring to your life, um, this type of mindset, mm -hmm. uh, this type of goal setting. So we're currently in the works of creating an outreach program, our first one for the summer for high school students. Um, so we're really excited about that, but more to come on the outreach side as well. Um, and then our third pillar is networking. I've talked about it throughout this whole time, how important it is, right? So we wanted to make sure we create this network of people of color within non-traditional pharmacy roles to uplift each other, to be there for each other, to tell each other when there's a job posting or like give us the secrets of how you get there. How do you overcome these barriers of bias and, um, you know, like all these things that we have to go through as people of color. Um, and then finally promotions. So it's kind of like what you're doing. We want to talk to different professionals out there or students who, um, and just like kind of, you know, have them get their spotlight and be able to talk about what they're doing. And if they have a side hustle, like talk about their side hustle, promote that. And that. just again, like not just focus on their career mm -hmm. in pharmacy, but just them as like a whole person. So really exciting stuff. Um, we've done a, a bunch of programs so far and uh, we just see it growing and it's just like, I love it. And I think it's really fun. And I've meet, met so many people across the country, even in other countries, actually. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit about that. Thank you so much for sharing about that. And like, I mean, pharmacies itself, like, you know, a very time consuming profession. So like, how are you able to like balance both? I mean, luckily it's definitely involved in what you do already as a profession, but like, I'm sure like, you know, people who are interested in side hustles, how, how is it possible to do both? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I think is really important is you only want to do a side hustle if you're going to love what you're doing and that you're going to enjoy it. And that when there's an extra meeting on your calendar, you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to have this meeting. Um, because if not, it's going to feel dreadful. It's you really do need to have a passion in your side hustle. And if you're going to do it with others, you want to make sure that you enjoy their company that you guys mesh really well and understand each other because I spend a lot of my time within Kiru. We haven't actually met in person yet. That is so, so funny. Fun. <laughs> but she's moving today to Jersey City. She's from Miami, Florida. Okay. So we're about to like have our first, first official meeting. meeting. Yeah. That is so funny. So um, that's going to be cool. But yeah, I think the two big things about starting a side hustle or like your own thing is make sure you're doing it with the right people and two, make sure you love it and you're going to enjoy it because you are taking a lot of time. Like, so mm -hmm. I work 40 hours a week and then I have this side job as well as a CVS pharmacist doing vaccinations on the weekends. And then I have our excellence where I do that in between also after work for different hours, meeting with different people. So right. it's just um, you're going to be busy. Yeah. You just got to love it though. 
I love that advice. That is hundred percent. Like, even when I do this, like I enjoy talking to people, like there's no doubting that, but just like also my reason for behind it is like, I want more people to like have that kind of passion for increasing people like us in this field and this healthcare field. And the fact that you're doing something so similarly, like specifically for the non-traditional pharmaceutical is like amazing. And maybe one day I'm going to have to have you and Nkiru on my podcast so that we can all talk. That would be amazing. Yeah. She's Nigerian, right? Because her name yeah. sounds like, yes, yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about the Nigerian culture. <laughs> Girl, yes. Yeah. She's one of mine. So <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. Also wow. Yeah. So yeah, that would be amazing to have both of you on. Like, yeah. I love what you guys are doing. And I'll be sure to link all of the information as well in the description. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, we're in a field where there are times when you want to quit because things are getting so tough. So tell me a little bit about like who in your life has helped you continue pushing and like just progressing to who you are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that the first person that comes to my mind is my brother. Um, my brother, he is only a year and a half older than me. So every time he did something, he did it first. And then I was able to see how he messed up or what was good. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd follow in his footsteps. And mm-hmm. this started when I was a baby, like, you know, right. so um, I, he really instilled this like leadership uh, mindset into me. Cause I definitely wasn't into that before mm-hmm. he like pushed me. He would be like, okay, Danielle do this because it's easy. Cause I know you don't want to do anything, but it's <laughs> easy. It looks good. And you need to do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. But then I ended up really liking like being in these leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really instilled that in me. And he's someone that I always go to and I call him and he always picks up and I tell him all of my, um, I don't know, like my worries. And then he like logically tells me why I shouldn't be worried or like he's just there to listen to me. And I really appreciate that he's my brother and that we're such close in age and like that I have him to always mm-hmm. go to. And yeah, he's definitely the person that has been there along the way. So of course my family too, but having a, like, you know, you have a brother, you told yep. me. I have a brother and my little brother and my little sister are a year and a half younger and literally the same relationship yeah. of like, I would always do something first and then they would be like right after. And like, I mean, all of us now are in like professional schools and your brother's in professional school or he graduated too this year, right? Yeah, he graduated this year. He's a physical therapist at a hospital now. That's awesome. Congrats to him. And like, I mean, you know that I think family is so important when you're doing things like this. I mean, luckily, like I have, you know, siblings who have all pushed me and we all push each other. My older brother is a resident. My little brother's in dental school. My little sister's in law school. And so like, it's just like, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like having each other, like getting through this professional life is so big and so important. And I mean, like faith is also super big for us too. So like having God, like we're so blessed and like, that's awesome. That's amazing. And I think someone needs to interview you because you obviously have a great story as well. You know, one day, my parents, I truly like, I credit it all to God first and then my parents second, like for sure for them. Um, yeah. But like, all right. So tell me some hobbies and extracurriculars. Cause you know, everyone thinks that we have no lives cause all we do is study and go to work. So like, what do you do on the side when you're not working? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm someone who really likes the, just being outside. I wouldn't say that I'm like a camper that would just post a tent up and like in the forest and like enjoy that. Okay. No, um, maybe one night, right? But um, I just love the outdoors. So like I can just sit at night, like in the summer summer night and just mm-hmm. like look at the stars and 
love it, have so much fun. Um, I love hiking. Um, I love visiting parks. I love traveling. Um, so that's, I would say what I do that kind of is like my escape and what I just enjoy because really you don't have to go far to like get a lot from your environment you can right. just walk outside and just like enjoy the little things enjoy that tree enjoy the flowers sprouting um I've learned to really appreciate the little things from just like looking at my environment so I would say that um is a big one I also got into yoga pretty nice. recently I'd say in the past year mm-hmm. uh, a goal of mine is to be able to do a split by the end of the year I almost had that goal and then I was just like I just don't think I like still stretch but like just don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) it's hard and I I just want to do it because I've never been able to touch my toes like growing up even in high school and now I've been able to do that um, which is an accomplishment on its own but now I want to like step it up and I'm almost there I'm actually almost there but it's going to take me some time I just stretch every day and then do yoga I like to do meditation as well I'm trying to really understand how to do it effectively, but it's not, I shouldn't be doing that because meditation is all about like just letting things go, but I'm all about thinking it needs to be perfect. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are, and then the last thing I want to say is like music. I love music. I listen to it as much as I can. Um, it really like affects my soul. It just like, it's like healing for my I soul. I'm like an R&B type of girl. I'm so much into, I'm like really into Afro beats. I just got into it probably like the last half of the year. I love it so much. It's just, like, I'm glad it's you've come vibes. Like, yes, that is it's all exactly about what this. I love. Yeah. It, like, um, so I listen to a lot of Afro beats and then I also listen to like reggaeton, which is the Latin mm-hmm. type of R&B and rap. Um, I am Puerto Rican, by the way. I, I totally forgot to say that <laughs> in the beginning. So I'm very proud of being a Latina woman who is Puerto Rican and um, just, you know, just like want to make sure there's more of us out there. Amen to that. That's awesome. And hopefully when the clubs open back up, we can go to the club and drink <laughs> to some Afro beats. I know some good African clubs around, you know, the oh New Jersey, North Jersey, Central Jersey area. So I got you. Yes. Or if not, we could just like play it. <laughs> and dance to ourselves. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, and so like I, you talked a little bit about meditation. I think mental health is such a big thing. And also within our community, you know, as people of color, a lot of people don't believe in therapy and things like that. So like, what is your recommendation for like staying mentally sane when, you know, times get rough? Oh my God. Yes. I totally agree with what you just said. And I think it's so important for us to be more curious and open-minded to things that we've generationally grown up to avoid or to think is bad. And I think therapy is like a huge thing. Um, I recently started in May of last year and honestly, it's changed my life. It's changed the way that I look at life. I'm so much more aware. I've overcame trauma. Um, I've been able to increase my self-esteem, but I'm still working on all this, Mm -hmm. right? But the amount of change that I've made is insane. And the thing is, and you know this, because you, you're in medical school and <laughs> you're in master's. Um, when you're in school, it's really hard to think about mental health. And I, to be honest, I didn't. I was always studying. I did whatever I needed to do to stay driven, to get to that end goal and to perform at my highest 
possible um I don't know self so yeah I think that I, the first time I was able to think about my mental health, unfortunately, was when I graduated. And I, it shouldn't be like that. And do I have the answer to how to balance like mental health with studying and always having an exam in the back of your mind? I don't because I didn't find that answer. But I do know that it's really important. And maybe taking one hour of your week to speak with a therapist or not even per week every other week would be worth it you know and taking five minutes to do a meditation might be worth it instead of looking at your phone for five minutes on instagram take five minutes to breathe take 10 minutes to walk and i didn't believe that i thought i didn't have time for those things but now looking back i really did and i should have done it right so well, I'm happy that I'm doing it now. But yeah, no, I mean, the fact that you found it is truly all that matters because I feel like it's still one of those things that like people like, I mean, within healthcare professionals, um, suicide rates are through the roof, like all across the board. And so the fact that we as a generation are starting to find it is big and major. And I think same, I also started therapy last year and like, I would also have the same excuse like, oh, well, I can't talk because like, you know, I have to study, like you can mm-hmm. find the time. Like if I can find the time to be on Instagram or TikTok, mm-hmm. like I can definitely find the time to talk to somebody for an hour. Yeah, and like you said, it definitely changes who you are. And like, I like started while I was in med school, luckily, but like, she just gave me so many like tips on like, you know, even like when I was studying for step two this year, like she, like I hadn't talked to anybody before I studied for step one, which was a big mistake because like, I was just like, I, I was a zombie for literally like six weeks. And like, I hated myself. Like I literally just like hated who I became because all I was, was like studying. Yeah. And so like, I had a completely different approach to like taking step two and like listening to her advice. And like my score was 10 times better. Like my attitude towards it was 10 times better. And it was just like, I, like, I didn't help myself by just studying straightforward the entire time. And and so I think therapy is super important. And so that's great that you also started that. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able to do that. Cause I actually, I always felt like that. I always felt super sad. Like I was missing out that like, no one knows how it feels, but one, it's good to hear that others feel like that, you know, we're not alone. Yeah. But like quickly, like, do you have, what was your main change from like step one to step two in like how you studied Honestly, I was studying less, which I think is like, it, it like it's almost counterintuitive, but like, yeah. instead of just like waking up, eating breakfast, studying, and then mm-hmm. eating dinner and going to sleep, I woke up, I exercised, I mm-hmm. did yoga, I did dances, like there, I, YouTube literally has so many options. So like, yeah. just move. Cause like, for me, I'm such a morning person. So like, I want to get that energy in the morning. Cause like, I know later at night, like, I'm just not going to have it. So I literally like woke up and like, um, like my diet was basically the same. Like, it's not like I was eating different because like I'm kind of a healthy eater, but like, so like that wasn't really a big change. It was literally just like me getting up. I would oftentimes go out for a walk because like I was studying over the summer. So like you said, getting outdoors and literally just like the way that the flowers were blooming were things that like I, when I was studying for step one would never have even known that like the seasons were changing. So that like, it's so majored, like the little things that you really don't even think about like getting outdoors and even talking to people. Like, I mean, I talked to my mom every day, but like I was more, like um like just like smart about the fact that like okay I'm gonna make time to talk to my mom or my boyfriend or like whatever just like putting that time aside to like make time for the things that are important make time for the things that are important so like that's exactly what I did and it was like major like I mean like step one still ended up being fine but like just like the like I didn't have to go through that and knowing that is like so big like I could have been so much better off in those like six weeks so 
definitely do that. Yeah. And the key, what you just said is to live. Yeah. That's something that I think we forget as students, like in the healthcare field, we forget to live. We just think that we need to study. And if we fail, like the life, life is over. But yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you found that out. And hopefully people are able to change their study habits too. I I hope so too. Um, All right. So last fun topic is dating. You don't, I mean, just tell me, like some people believe like you can't have a social life if you're in a professional school. So like, just tell me if whether or not you dated, if you did, what the experience is like and how that was for you. Yeah. Throughout all of, yeah, all of school, all of pharmacy school, I I wasn't in a relationship um I think it was easier for me because it was I wouldn't say long term but we did go to different schools and it was um yeah we saw each other when we had time so especially me because I was the one in like pharmacy school or you know having these or even in undergrad because undergrad science classes are also hard Mm -hmm. so if I had a month where I had mad exams I would say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to see you until a month from now. And that's how I was. I was very much like I had huge boundaries with when I saw someone hit him and then like when I didn't. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it is possible. It is possible to date. And but I think you just really have to keep focus and not get distracted and know that what's really important is not like the relationship like I don't know the little things in the relationship because if the mean, person yeah. really lo- loves you they'll support you 100% and be okay mm-hmm. with only being able to see you one day for a month because you're studying or whatever or better yet um they'll study with you yep. which unfortunately I didn't have in my past relationship but now in the relationship in the relationship I'm in um which I love so much is it's a lot better because we do work together on the weekends at night. Like we just understand each other. We're very driven. So having someone that is also very compatible with you is it would be helpful as well. So yeah, I think like the point you just made is like someone who understands like it is like what we do is not easy. Um, and there are going to be long nights. There's going to be long months with exams and studying mm-hmm. and, you know, internships and things that you have to like prioritize unfortunately over your relationship sometimes and you'll miss things sometimes too um but having someone who understands like the drive that you're doing like what your purpose is and like what your goals are is so important and like don't ever let anybody make you feel bad for like having to study or like because then you're just not with the right person truly um all right so each week we have a segment called on the grill Mm. where we explore topics that are currently in the news so Obviously, everyone's talking about the COVID vaccine. I literally just got my second shot yesterday. So what would you say to people who were scared to get the vaccine because like they think they made it too quickly or like they don't want COVID injected in them? Like what what is your response to them? Yeah, Um, so I do work in the pharmaceutical industry. So I have a different perspective and I think it's important to get perspectives from all different healthcare providers. So I'll give you three main reasons why in the pharmaceutical perspective, you can trust the vaccine, even though it was created in, within a year. The first one is that the funding, the government provided billions of dollars to pharmaceutical companies to create these drugs. Now, if you think about it, or these vaccines, If you think about it, a normal uh, process of drug development, 
there's a lot of budgeting needed and a lot of approvals from so many different people, especially in the big companies like the one that I work for, um, Santa Fe, there's over 100,000 employees. So you're going to have to go all the way up to like the CEO and, you know, maybe it takes like three months to four months to get some funding for the next step. And then you have to do that step and then you go to the next step. It's just like all of that went out the window. The government was like, do not worry about anything. I'm giving you all the money you need. Just do the science. We believe in you and just do it. And that's what happened. And that shaved off so many years. Um, Two, the regulatory body. So I have experience working at the FDA. I've worked there for like, it was about one to two months. It was an experience that I had as a pharmacy student. But even then I saw exactly how the how the FDA worked. And um, also working at the pharmaceutical company now, I know the timelines and the timelines are pretty slow. They take very long to get back to you about any inquiry, even like getting something approved at different stages can take months, six months to a year. Um, and then at the final process of when you're applying for approval by the FDA, it takes up to a year or even more Uh, depending on what they need for like information for extra information so all of that was also thrown out the window because anything that you had a question on or if you needed guidance FDA got back to you right away within the day so that again shaves extra amount of years and then the well, I have two more points, I guess. The small one is believe in science, right? We have to believe that these scientists are going to provide their best work. And that's what scientists, their goal is for, I don't know, just to like share data with everyone mm-hmm. and to figure out if something's working or not working and to discover new things or discover things are failing. They want to show true and valid information. So we need to trust our scientists and trust that they put their blood, sweat and tears because they did to make sure that there was a vaccine out there. And so many people worked together. It was like a beautiful collaborative setting. And it still is, right? Cause it's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the other point I wanna make is, okay, if you don't trust the government, that's fine. I understand why that might be the case, but think about it. It's the government's best intention it's like what like they want to eradicate the this disease they and need to not, honestly <laughs> yeah, and if it's not for because they want to increase the public health and like protect the people of this country and of the world then at least it's because of the economy and yep. they want the economy to be better so trust that they need to have good intentions here they're not going to there's yeah it just doesn't make sense for them to like use this as an opportunity to get to their citizens and like control them or like kill them it doesn't make sense so that's what I got to say about it Uh, I also got the vaccines both of them I actually honestly had no side effects nice but yeah I think we just got to do it we have to be there for each other and you being someone from the public health world you know that we need to do this together it's mm-hmm. a whole community effort. Right. So just me and you getting the shot is not going to be enough. We need to go for it. We need to lean in, trust our scientists and trust their, our healthcare providers and just, just do it. Go yes. For it. Yes. Get that, that vaccine. Is, 
please, please, everyone go and get the vaccine when you were able to sign your parents up. Like we both got it. We're still here today. I don't think that there's a, like there's, we're fine. We're going to do great. And also I think if we want to get back to reality, like none of us like being virtual, none of us like miss it like especially for the kids right like they haven't they're like right now is so important for their social development and they can't get back to school because everyone in the world still wants to go out and party and like spread covid and like if we can get back to traveling we can get back to going to parties we can get back to normal life if we all do our part by right now getting the vaccine socially distancing and wearing a mask mm -hmm. exactly. point blank yes. all right well thank you so much daniela for joining me today please let my listeners know where they can find you yeah, um, I'd say you can find me best on LinkedIn. So just look up my name, Daniela Olan. You can connect with me and send me a message if you have any questions. Um, I do also have a fun pharma page that's called at the pharma plug, where I put in a little bit of information here and there about different aspects of the pharmaceutical world, um, different topics, and also like talk to some of the other fellows to understand the different aspects of pharma. Um, and yeah, and then also our excellence is a great resource that you can connect with me on. Um, we have our excellence on LinkedIn so far and also on Instagram at our excellence underscore and we're going to have a website very soon so that's awesome. how you well I'll be sure to link all of the info all of her ads our excellence information in the description for the show um, also if you guys have any questions for me please email email them to healthcarecookout at gmail.com also follow us on Instagram at healthcarecookout thank you so much for coming out to the cookout see you next week bye